This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Fade, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Hello, Croissant. Thank you for joining us today on the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you in partnership with our sponsors, Red 10 People Development. Last Christmas, we fundraised for Frost Covers, so now we can cry when games are postponed by others. There's a frost in the air and a salt on the roads, and that's just the Chesterfield fans crying that their trip to North Wales was postponed this week. So instead, on this week's podcast, we'll look back at the weekend win at Eastleigh, look at our new signing, a royal visit to the Kairas, a trip to America on the horizons, and look ahead to a home double header before Christmas. There is a lot to get through. Myself and Nath are missing the World Cup second semi-final to do this podcast. We hope it's worth it. And Nath, you've been a bit under the weather this week, haven't you? Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, uh, bet I've been better, but you know, I'm, I feel like I'm slowly on the mend. Uh, hopefully I don't sound too bad and people are going to message me now and say I sound... Uh... Although someone did tell me this week in work that I looked absolutely awful, which I didn't think you would tell someone else, but apparently they did. So Some things need um, to be said, though, don't they? So, so, apparently, so, apparently this person felt very compelled to tell me how bad I look right now. So, yes, I, I've been better, but much like um, the Chesterfield fans, I was quite upset and I'm um, slowly but surely getting over it. So, yeah, lots to get through. It's been a, been a busy old week. They're nearly as salty as your surname, the Chesterfield fans, this week, weren't they? I mean, nearly. I guess we'll, we'll start on that because we're recording on the Wednesday. Typically, we'd have that game to review. I think, fairness to the club, they postponed it well in advance, didn't they, the day before. It's not just the pitch, it's around the ground. I remember, I think it was the turn of the last decade, 2011-2012, Man United were due to play Chelsea over the Christmas period. And that got postponed, not because the pitch was... Um, sort of unplayable is because the stadium itself was unsafe and if you think about Wrexham having 10,000 strong crowd there the Chesterfield contingent as well just the stadium not being safe enough for fans to to move around it got to about minus six minus seven on Tuesday night when the game was supposed to be played I think about 
the I know we've got a lot of new younger fans, but you think about the the older fans and the you know the ones who aren't as able bodied getting to the ground on the slippy sort of pavements, etc. I, I do. I'm disappointed the game didn't go ahead because I wanted to play Chesterfield no now and get and get yeah, under the yeah. way for get out of the way before Christmas. But like you said, Nath, I think it was the right decision, no wasn't it, to to postpone it? Yeah. The issue the issue now is like when does that get slotted in? I, I saw a piece on the Derbyshire Times and they were basically speculating that. February, like the second week in February, they think basically a Valentine's meeting. So if love is in the air for Wrexham and Chesterfield, that's when they think the earliest opportunity is. Um, obviously, there's the potential that if both go out in the FA Trophy first round, first round for the National League teams, that um, it could happen then. But I think that is a couple of days before or after they play Notts County. It's unlikely they're going to want to play both of the teams above them in the same weekend, I can't imagine Chesterfield agreeing to that. So it'd be really interesting. I think, like you say, the the right decision really, I, I thought it was quite funny how many people were, you know, a mix of our fans and, and, and some of Chesterfield's were saying, you know, why haven't, um, you know, franchise FC, Disney FC got under soil heating. Well, because it costs 50,000 pounds a game and every Premier League team doesn't have under soil heating. That's why we don't have it. Um, yeah, that's an absurd, that's an absurd comment to make. For, for one and and two you know it, yes i would have liked to have played it but it, like you say rich it these frost covers as well there's all this debate about frost covers they don't work below is it minus three minus four they don't you can't just put a, a sheet over it and and, and hope for the better i honestly don't get this they don't work in all sorts of conditions you can't go to a pitch uh, in and again like we said Arctic it's circle. not just the pitch anyway there's so many yeah, other right so much more circumstance to it. It's about the safety of fans in and around the ground, getting to the stadium. But there's, I bet you that so pitch much. was rock hard. I bet you that pitch was rock hard, though. Oh, God, yeah. I'm not going for a slide and tackle on that. No. And, and even, even Eastley's well, pitch, not... second half. Each Eastley's pitch, second half, was, was absolutely rock solid by the look of it. And to be honest, I, I love Wrexham, but I was glad to stay at home and watch the World Cup semi-final God, in the could you imagine how cold? Could you imagine how cold it would have been in the cold road? Well, the, the mold road stand is minus six, you know, in the peak of summer. So God yeah. knows what it would have been like on, on Tuesday night. It's just, yeah, there's so much more mitigation to why the game was postponed. But I think we can just say, you know, it's done now. It, it is postponed. Like we said, we have to fit it into the calendar somewhere else. But the right decision and good that the club managed to do it as far in advance as possible. Obviously, you can't, you've got to play it by ear, but they didn't do it on the day because, you know, fans have to make those arrangements and, particularly for the Chesterfield contingent, it means they're not setting off on a journey, getting to the ground and then it being postponed, whatever. You know, I think you've just got to make the call and do it as quick as possible in those circumstances. But as you said there, Nath, really interesting now to see when the uh, the game will be scheduled and squeezed into to the schedule. So a busy week, not just on the pitch. Uh, should we start with... The the news of Andy Cannon's arrival, a player that we both spoke wonders of, really, on the podcast. Not just this season, but last season after that trophy game, we said he ran the show and he's a Wrexham player now. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we were only talking about him, what, two weeks ago on the uh, on the podcast? Without, and we, we didn't even put that as inside info. We were just saying that is the guy that if we could have got him, that's who we'd want. We knew that Stockport were really interested. He turned them down in the summer. Wanted to try his luck at Hull, and you know, a friend of mine who's a Hull City fan, she was saying that he's you know easily a League One player and, and had moments in the Championship, 
but just couldn't get that consistency. And even Liam Rossini, the whole boss, was saying this week, Andy Cannon, a diamond, a diamond to work with. You know, incredible player, just unlucky. And he had to have a difficult conversation with him and tell him, look, you're not going to get the opportunities you probably deserve right now. And also, I thought Liam Rossini was quite complimentary. I think it was on the whole Daily Mail. It was talking about, you know, how Wrexham's a club on the up and he's really chuffed that Andy Cannon's going there because it's a really good opportunity for a club that's going places. So, you know, we wanted a midfielder. I'm not necessarily sure he's the next, you know, the the reincarnation of Jay Harris. I mean, Jay Harris hasn't died, obviously, but you know what I mean, the, the next Jay Harris. But I think what he is is a foot-on-ball dictate the rhythm you know I've, I, luke luke young's shown flashes of this for me but that kind of metronome midfield midfield, yeah, midfield metronome, he will set just... the, yeah midfield metronome he will just set the tone that trophy game completely flipped when he went off in my opinion he went off and and he couldn't he went off to on the hour or something and all of a sudden we got we got we got a grip of the game and that was no coincidence for me and uh, you know we were sat there weren't we in the were we in the prawn sandwich seats that day we think we were we were and, fantasy um, pod sponsors, uh, Red Ten People Development. Red Ten, yeah. Um, that was before they sponsored the podcast, of course. But that yeah, was. that was a that was really enjoyable. And like you said, any Wrexham fan who watched that game was sort of blown away by Andy Cannon. He had a real presence and control, and dictated the tempo. He was really, you know, for his age as well, just really smart and experienced. He knew when to try a risky pass. He knew when to keep it simple, and he just looked like a real level head amid the sort of chaos that was going on around totally. him. So I, I can't wait. But like you said, Nath, if he's... I mean, the talks have been ongoing for weeks. Wrexham had been interested in Andy Cannon before Jordan Davis's injury. That injury obviously amplified the, the deal in getting done. Wrexham accelerated talks and they, they struck the deal as quickly as, as was possible. But he isn't a Jordan Davis like-for-like replacement, is he? No. Which brings me no. on to the question... I mean, he was never going to feature at Eastleigh, which we'll get onto shortly. But where does he fit in to the midfield for you? Because we now have a plethora of options. You know, there is a variety of different sorts of defenders, uh, midfielders there, sorry, as well, um, who offer different things. But for you, Andy Cannon, who would he come in for? And what would your strongest midfield be if everyone was fit? It's such a good question, um, not to kind of uh, pat you on the back too much, but it is a really, really fascinating question because I don't think I don't think there's one one answer that everybody would agree with, or not everyone, but I, I don't even think there's an answer the majority would agree with. You know, I, I've, been, I've been vocal on the fact that I think Luke Young is a certain starter for me in that midfield when everybody's fit. Um, I think we saw it, you know, him missing Chesterfield and, and, and the impact that that had. I also think at Eastleigh you saw, and, and Parky spoke about this in the week, Young got moved a bit further forward on the sort of right of a three-man midfield. And he got pushed a little bit further forward, was able to do a bit more attacking, try and get some more shots off on goal. thought that was really interesting and I'm intrigued to see if that's a sign of things to come. It'd be it would, For me... And people might disagree with this because you feel like you need to get Elliot Lee in there. You know, he's such a talented player. And, and yeah, I agree with that. I'd be really interested to have seen a Cannon, Tom O'Connor, young midfield. Incredibly industrious, that midfield. You know, against a, a, a you know a counter-attacking team. Maybe we lack the kind of tenacity and, and wing play, maybe. Um, if, if we went with sort of three, three midfielders like that. But... 
to answer your question, I would go Luke Young. Oh, it's difficult. For me, oh, am I going to get pelters for this? For me, I would go Luke Young, Andy Cannon, Jordan Davis. That's what I would do. Okay. Well, like you said, there is. I'm going to get so pelters many... for that. I'm going to get so many pelters for that, but that's what I would do. You will do, but there is no right and wrong answer. And I, I again, for me, I think the, the counter argument, uh, I mean, firstly, we address we've got real depth there. We, when have we ever had sort of like we could field two really good midfields, that, like top six midfields in this division? Yeah. That is like unheard of. For me, it depends on the opposition. If we had have played, I mean, maybe even next time we play Chesterfield, you know, I think that there is an argument that in certain games, maybe not your home games, <laughs> it will sound ridiculous saying this away games after Elliot Lee played so well at Eastleigh, but I think there's an argument that you go O'Connor, Young and, and Cannon and go for a yeah. flatter midfield just to try win the battle and have more of a grip on the game because, you know, we, we want to have as many attacking players on the pitch and Elliot Lee can get a goal out of anywhere, he can create, he can score. But you need to have the solid foundations in place first. And I think for some of those tougher away games, I'd quite like to have a more industrious um, midfield, which is, you know, like we said, O'Connor's been brilliant lately. Yeah, that, that's the Luke thing, Young, Rich. I mean, you're looking ball, at it. And then you're looking at it composure. six options. You're looking at it as six options, aren't you, really? Luke Young, Andy Cannon, Tom O'Connor, James Jones, Elliot Lee, Jordan Davis. Have I missed anyone there? They're the main six, aren't they, really? Fighting for. And Three. then you've got like Kai Evans coming through as well. And like yeah, you said there, sure, that sure. means that when fully fit, one of those top six players, football league midfielders now, no, like, no question about this, isn't getting on the bench. Isn't getting, not get, no, yeah, isn't getting in the squad. At yeah, best, two squad. of them are on the bench. You know, that is remarkable, but it's a really interesting dynamic because you can make a case for every single one of them. Well, that's what I was going to say, Connor, Richard, like Just going through them now, I was just going to say to you yeah. there, like first Tom up, O'Connor. Massive Tom O'Connor, massive James thing. And what I would say is, yeah. it, 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 look, just just to just to go through them one by one, Rich. Tom O'Connor. I guess we could do a kind of pros and cons. The con with T- Tom O'Connor so far has been lack of reps in terms of lack of minutes. Injuries have hampered that. You know, you got played a couple out of position games, a got, lot as well. I think played out, played out position. That kind of that old curse of versatility making it hard to really nail down a position. You know what is his best position? The base of the midfield, I would probably say so. In front of the in front of the defense, the pro Tom O'Connor, elite on the ball. You know can bring a bit of calmness to everybody else around him. And and uh, easily, you know, best game we've seen him have for Wrexham. I don't know about you on, on Tom O'Connor, but really the biggest drawback on Tom O'Connor is, as you say, position and fitness. Yeah, I used to not be a massive fan of him because I just hadn't seen enough, and I thought what does he offer that's different but the last few games he's looked brilliant and he's he just offers that sort of defensive solidity that we needed last season and then we signed him so yeah i i think he's got his own unique traits now which is which is superb you then get on to and i think we should sort of look at these as a couple luke young who's club captain yeah. and then you've got james jones who is a party right. favorite and they're sort of interchangeable I, in my yeah. eyes they they do similar stuff yeah, but I, I, what I will say is I think new midfielder coming in, immediately someone's someone has to pay the price for that. You know, the shiny new thing is Andy Cannon. We haven't seen him play for Wrexham yet. He hasn't played a lot of football. And, he, you know, who knows? He might take a bit of time to get up to speed. He may hit the ground running immediately. 
I don't know. Uh, let's hope he hits the ground running immediately. But what I would say is, James Jones, since the turn of the year, has played a lot of good football. Has played a lot of really good matches. And he's, for me, he's that kind of Duracell bunny in the midfield. I think he runs a lot more than all the other midfielders on the list. I think he'll, you know, if you looked at his stats, I think he would clock up a lot more miles than every other midfielder. He, he he does inject a bit of life into into a midfield sometimes. Luke Young can kind of grab the game by the scruff of the neck and put the foot in that I don't believe anyone else in that midfield can do. This is with you know without Cannon factored in. James Jones, I think, while he has had poor games and I was frustrated with him up at York, I think he was quite lax in possession up there. You know, I I think he's had a lot of good games that maybe you know is he in that Mark Howard territory where. He's kind of got a reputation that is quite hard to shift for some people. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about James Jones, but I think his good performances maybe don't get the spotlight that others have had. Yeah, I agree on that. I think that he... I don't know. I think that... It's tricky. It's tricky. (laughs) Yeah, I just think that he was done a disservice because he came in and was offering pretty much the same as Luke Young and the entire midfield was just not clicking properly. And I think that there was a simple way of thinking, well, the reason that must not be working is because, you know, James Jones is is too similar to Luke Young and he's not really offering anything stand out on his own. But I think he has changed the narrative there um, in, in recent weeks. And yeah, like you said, it's, it's it's a really difficult one, isn't it, to to put your finger on that. But he has been superb in this calendar year, really. He, he has been really good. He's been so consistent, particularly in the home games when I've watched him most. He's he just seems to have a bit more drive and a bit more creativity and, and end product. Yeah, I'd mean, agree with that. Think what, I'd agree think with what that. the goals he's finishing off as well. And particularly that goal against Altrincham was it the fourth one, the flower move, and then he finishes it really coolly. Oh, yeah, brilliant yeah, goal. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of him, but him and Young has I, just I can, never really I can worked see, I can in see big what games, you're saying. has it? You see, I can see what you're saying, but I'd also, to, to play devil's advocate, one of us has got to, I suppose, uh, we did get to the top of the table without Tom O'Connor really playing and without Andy Cannon signed. So it, it it's it's probably never as bad as it seems, but maybe, I don't know, maybe we were getting away with it. The big games, I think you're right. In the big games, what did we have away at um, I just Chesterfield? Think just every, gone. It yeah. was Jones, Young. No, it wasn't Young. It, wasn't, it was Jones, O'Connor and Lee. Well, that didn't work in in that game. And then Notts County, I didn't go, but you know we saw it again there. It, it didn't really work. It just feels like one of... Look, Luke Young, what I will say, is has got the, the security of the captain's armband. I, I do still believe in football that will that will carry weight. And you know the way Parky spoke about Young after Eastleigh, it, it, I find it really difficult to believe he's, he's going to be the one coming out the team and paying the price. My likely scenario is it'll be James Jones who will probably become more peripheral, which... Is 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 harsh, but probably the nature of the beast as well with Andy Cannon coming in. Yeah, I I I think that's fair as well, and I, I guess that's the incentive for him to prove us wrong and and to go out there and kick and keep his place. So you've got Young Jones O'Connor Cannon now coming in, who's you know we know what he's capable of. We he's still got to come come in and do it. You know we've been excited for other signings in the past, and it's not quite worked out that way. So there's a pressure on him to to actually go and and prove us why he's so good now. You then get to Jordan and Elliot Lee. There's been, you know, lots of 
call lots of calls in the past, haven't there, for both of those to to be put on the pitch at the same time, particularly in these games where we're you know the onus is on us to attack against the lesser sides in the league, where we just need to to go out and, and attack ourselves and, and showcase our own talents. But it still feels to me like it's one or the other. Obviously, Jordan's sidelined at the moment, and it's still going to be what two and a half months from now till we see him again. Maybe for that Chesterfield game, if it is in February, he, he'd be back and around then. But Elliot Lee and Jordan Davis, it does feel like in games we're supposed to attack, you need one of those starting. Yeah, it does feel like you. It does feel like given, you know, you said recently, Rich, about when was the last time we were, um, you know, an underdog in a game. Normally, it's gonna, it's 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 down to us to be the aggressor in a game, and so to do that, you need. I was thinking, what's the kind of highest caliber midfield we could put out? Is it Davis, Lee, Cannon? Is that probably the highest caliber we could put out? Or O'Connor, Cannon, and Lee? Maybe. Um, it's it's really tricky. I I think Jordan's had a tough season in terms of injuries and you know in in patches form. You know he, he'll he'll probably admit that himself. But I'd also say that criticism of Jordan has been, I think, well well over the top. In, in stages, you know, he was our he was our leading leading our assists at one point um, for much of the season. I, I haven't t- tallied it up recently, but you know, he was leading in assists, and I don't know. It, it it's again, I'll say it, nature of the beast. You know, he was so good last season that you know, the scrutiny is only going to intensify. But yeah, I mean, Elliot Lee really seems to be hitting that purple patch at the minute, and uh, yeah, that's great news for us. Still think Jordan's got an you know an immensely important role to play coming back in. So yeah, maybe Rich, maybe the answer there is rotation, just keeping them both fresh. I don't know, but I don't know what you think. I, I really can't call that one. I, I mean, I would go with a, a, an inform fit Jordan, but that again, that how can I how can I say that with a straight face when Elliot Lee's playing so well? I don't know. It's uh, Parky's choice rather than Sophie's choice, I guess. There's just so much quality, isn't there? And I suppose that the be-all and end-all from this conversation is that we've got a lot of strength of depth now. But again, with Cannon, a silly amount now, of depth. Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you, how do you how do you decide that? I don't. And how do you keep everyone happy? Because they're all they would all get into every. I don't care what any not successful fan says. They would all get into every other national league midfield. Yeah, so and I, 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 I don't I envy Parky at all. I do not envy Parky at all. I, the other thing I envy him for is the fact that I saw lots of sort of um, reaction to it online, obviously, but there was lots of supporters saying, well, that's the signing that makes Wrexham from sort of playoff, the strongest team in the playoff to, to title winners. But the, the the ultimate sort of bottom line of this is that we've added another top class midfielder to our side. The expectations have gone up another notch. It does just feel that there is absolutely no mitigation, I don't think, now for us not to get promoted because we've invested so much money and it just means there's more pressure. Failure to get promoted, I think, would be a huge, huge disappointment. It'd be, it'd be a massive failure, you'd have to say that. And that's, and, and that's not being critical, that's being real about the situation we're in. The wage bill was, what, 2.3 million, they said in the documentary? I mean, Andy Cannon, I don't know what he's on, but he's not come cheap from the championship. Um, you know, had offers from the league, has come to join Wrexham, amazing for us. But again, what is it now, 2.5 million? I don't know what it is. But the point being is that we kind of need, 
we kind of there's not kind of need. We have to get out of the league. We have to get promoted, and it's just a shame for us that we're in what the top five in the top five leagues with someone like in the top five of the teams taking the most points. It's just annoying for us that one of the teams ahead of us is the team in our league. So I don't know, Rich. I think it's got all the hallmarks of that ninety-eight point season all over again. Not saying we're going to finish second or anything like that, but I think it'll be that kind of two huge points tallies at the end of the season. I agree. And I also think it'll be the same that in the sense of whoever misses out on the title will then maybe not win the playoffs because I think it's got to be such a a hard one to deal with, even more. Oh, what a nice, cheery podcast again. Well, I'm not saying it's us, though. I'm not saying that's going to be us, but I'm just saying I I do think that's a really difficult one for for whoever it is to to overcome. But we shall see. Rich, I think think, think it's just, you know, we've both covered players and teams and managers for, you know, for a good number of years now. It is just hard to lift yourself, isn't it? When you've been expecting something or you've been hoping for something, you know, come Christmas, what if you've been waiting for a certain present, it doesn't come, then you've got to rally yourself for, you know, the pair of socks that are waiting for you. It's, it's, tr- it's tricky. I, I love socks, but if you've been waiting for a PS5 or something, it's uh, it's tricky. So let's hope that it's us and, and us going up and Notts County. Um, forget you know, about them. the playoffs. Just let's forget about ones, them. Yeah. But, but, you know, I think it is interesting, though, that they've got that kind of disparity where they can go and get some more points on the board. One's across in the weeks to come, but it will be interesting if we kind of know our fate and we know, okay, we have three or four games to hand or whatever the case may be, and we're X points behind. I think it'll be, it's going to be an interesting game of cat and mouse, I'll say that. So, Nath, one thing we did get last week was a royal visit. Good publicity for the town and good publicity for the football club as well. I know not all fans will agree with entertaining royals, but, uh, you know, Robin Ryan said that their whole sort of ambition was to make the club uh, more accessible, open them up to a wider community, put Wrexham on a global stage and certainly did that. Look, I, I speak to friends all around the world. I've got a couple of friends in Mexico and, you know, other Spanish speaking countries to help with my kind of learning of that language. And, they absolutely love the Royals. Like Everything about the Royals they love. Every time the Royals make an appearance somewhere, they're always all over it. And what that will, do, what that did, I felt, in, in, in raising the awareness of the club is unrivaled. You know, I'm, I, you know whether you're into, into the Royal family or you're not, it doesn't really matter. You know, Rob and Ryan came over. They were absolutely delighted to entertain the King and, and Queen Consort. And also, it was really interesting as well that they were talking about how much... I think Parky said it as well, that um, how the King knew so much about the players and, and the club obviously will have been briefed, but, um, you know, will be in the documentary. I suppose we'll get a little bit more out of it in season two of Welcome to Wrexham. But, Rich, it, you know, that will put Wrexham into the minds of so many more people. It, and, again, I knew that the players... Like I say, we tried to tease it last week, but it was all hush hush under wraps we did kind of let on about robin ryan shame they well in the end they they couldn't stay for the uh chesterfield game and it wasn't on so it kind of worked out in the end for them um but yeah the, the visit i know a lot of the players were really excited you know ollie palmer took his dad andy i think it's andy um who was a former protection officer for the then prince charles 
And uh, yeah, that that was a lovely picture actually. Um, those two kind of being reunited. Oli Palmer there, who's obviously you know a massive fan of the royal family. Elliot Lee even had a haircut for it. He kind of had like a buzz cut. I don't know where he where, whether he had that done in town or what, but um, it wasn't compulsory for the players to go. Maybe we'll get on to someone who didn't go. But um, yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot more benefits than negatives. I think Rich. Yeah, I I think you've got a. Put your own sort of personal sort of politics and sort of opinions to one side because you might be passionately against it. I know there's lots of Wrexham fans who couldn't give two shits to be honest about the royal family, and there's others who aren't indifferent but are actively against them. I also understand that, respect that opinion as well. But there's also going to be a contingent of Wrexham fans, and, and there's a contingent certainly of the team who who are impressed by it and who do want to to entertain them and to, and, and to meet them, etc. And I think, yeah, like you said, it's just part of, of what the club is now. And yeah, it's still surreal. Um, it's maybe not to everyone's liking, but personally I mean, that, to yeah. me, I'd, I'm, I'm not, I'm indifferent, I'd say, towards them, obviously, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I, I think just for, for what we gain from it, and again, like you said, it's just part of, of the experience really now. Of I just, I just like seeing Robin, I just like seeing Robin Ryan so happy. You know what I mean? Because they've, They've made us so happy with lots of things, lots of signings, and and you know for them to come over. Well, that's the part you, in, can't, in their you suits. can't then have. You can't pick and choose when you've given the ownership of the club away. And I know that Rob and Ryan always want to insist that you know they aren't owners; they the chairman they just oversee it. Stewards, but, yeah, yeah, stewards of it. But you know, if if you want the goods, you want the super signings, then you've almost got to just accept that this is the flip side of it. That this is modern Wrexham now. But I mean, I thought the pictures were brilliant. Rob and Ryan and, you know, that you could do so many caption competitions with that. I actually shared a video, Rich, I don't know if you saw it, of Rob with Camilla, the Queen Consort, talking about the, the stadium development. And the most intriguing part was that I couldn't, obviously, we couldn't see in the video what was on the kind of card. I assume it was just a, a stadium design that we are not yet privy to. But... He was pointing to the Yale stand and talking about the development of the Yale stand. And I'm fascinated to see what phase two of the race course development is. I mean, are we going to end up with like a 50,000-seater race course here? What? Because I think about the Yale stand, or the, sorry, the Wrexham Lager stand now. You know, with the, with the student flats and everything, what realistically could we do with that? Like, add an extra tier onto it? Can't really go that much further back unless we unless the club bought the flats. I don't know. But I was intrigued nonetheless. It's, yeah, it's a really interesting one that to see just how far the development goes, really. And there's certainly a lot of demand, isn't there? We we know that for sure. So an interesting one to, to keep your eyes on going forward, I suppose. Now, Nath, there was also a match at the weekend. It's remarkable that we've got to almost the half an hour mark. We've not really mentioned that game against Eastleigh. Uh, chance for lots of fans to, to travel. Great away following again. But it was also streamable. And I believe you were taken up on that offer i i did stream it um we got lots of nice feedback actually about the streaming details last week so thanks for that and, th- and you know everyone who streamed it gave really good really good reviews um you know 475 during the trial i think when it comes to it look when it comes to it it's something like nine pound fifty per stream people won't stream it every single week not everyone because you know that is I know for people, especially international fans, that they're not going to set aside the money in in this kind of climate to to watch every single game. I can understand that, 
But the service we got from Eastleigh, apart from the low sun, which was blinding, I felt like I needed to put sunglasses on. Not much that could be done about that, obviously. But really slick, Rich. I, I thought it was just going to be one camera. We got multiple angles. We got replays. Yeah, I I was very impressed by, by it. it. It worked fine. I only had one issue with the buffering, but that was during halftime, so it wasn't a big deal. And, yeah, br brilliant brilliant views of, of the... Bloody hell, the Ben Tozer goal was phenomenal. Um, must have been a striker back in his youth days. And then Elliot Lee's goal, I mean, it, yeah, what can you say about Elliot Lee? His technique is phenomenal. And, and you know, keeper was rooted to the spot. But the stream in itself, the National League gets a lot of stick, rightly so. But this was a, a really, in my opinion, a really successful 9 out of 10 uh, nine out of ten first first go. Exactly, and it's just brilliant that we've got the option now. Again, you, you're not going to get a full sort of Sky Sports um, presentation. Uh, God, again, it's quite. Imagine annoying. if they got us in the studio. Imagine if they got us in the studio with like touchpads and iPads, and um, we'd be like, the, would we be the Carragher and Neville type, or would we be more? Who are the other kind of top ponders? Who'd we be like? Sooness and Keen. I've kind of got a Keen-esque I mean, beard, maybe. I don't know. I've kind of got a Keen-esque beard going on right now. It's. I mean, it's hard to say. <laughs> I don't really. I don't know where to go on that one. Um, I mean, you know, um, I just have these. I just have these weird thoughts about, you know, what would we be like as man as a management team or as pundits? I don't know. Clearly, Gary your Mills mind works is... in a very different way to me. I don't no, have definitely. any ladders. I would. I, I wouldn't be doing the Gary Mills ladder. That would be the first thing I'd be ditching. I wouldn't be doing that. But it's it's great that we've got this option now, isn't it? To, yeah, to watch these games. Definitely. Like I said, it's not going to appeal to to all the fans, but it's the fact that it's now accessible, and so many of these worldwide fans who who just simply can't watch us every week have have now got the option to do so. If they, I mean, want, I'd rather obviously. I'd rather have gone, Rich. That's the first point I want to get out there. I'd rather have gone to Eastleigh, but I was working, so there was no there was no option to do so. So before, I would have only had radio commentary. I wasn't not I wasn't not going to follow the game, so to stream it. Given I had an option to go, ideal. But it, it was no substitute for me than, you know, being there. Precisely. And there is no substitute for that. I think that is also the, the fact this is just open it up to, to make it even more accessible. And the the point of that is that, you know, that lots of people can't actually get to get tickets anymore. They can't get, you know, I mean, do we go on to, do we even call them touts? That's caused a massive stir, hasn't it? I mean, I've, I I put that tweet out. Um, God, have we got this far without plugging the socials? Rob Ryan Red, Twitter, nearly at 17,000. That's doing really well. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever the hell you use and you want to contact us on there. Also, thanks for 2,000 followers on Instagram. That's doing really well. I know a lot of people are entertaining my graphics on there, so I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, Rich, the tweet about the... I mean the the kind of tout uh, the merchandise touts I don't know what you want to call it um s selling merchants no idea but whatever the hell that there is that got a, a a massive reaction and huge dissatisfaction and I I know from a couple of conversations I had the club are aware of certain individuals and are actively pursuing those individuals from. It's, I don't know, Rich. It's Basically, if anyone hasn't been following on socials, there are people on eBay and various other selling sites um, selling current Wrexham, Wrexham merchandise, current being the keyword, this season's stuff, at an insanely inflated price. 
more often double, sometimes triple the price. Um, for example, there was a scarf that I think is £15 in the shop, maybe even a bit less, 13 to £15. Pounds. Uh, that was on sale for a grand total of $220, plus about £22 in postage and shipping. So that is it's not even something to laugh about, Rich. It's really... It's really ridiculous, and I'm going to call that out every time I see it on Twitter. So if you do see any, let us know, um, because I'm, I'm happy to call it out. And it's embarrassing. It's uh, shameful. And I know some people might listen to this and go, it's a cost of living crisis. It's not their fault. Well, it is, because the people that they're exploiting to buy the goods, like the shirts and the scarves and, and the kit that they really want and they're waiting for and they're queuing up outside for, and they're refreshing the website every day for, they're also, as last I checked, they're also in a cost of living crisis. So this is something I'm really passionate about. And, and you know, I'm I'm trying to help the club as best I can to to stamp it out because it's really not on. And yeah, I don't think, I didn't think we needed to say it, but do not exploit fellow fans. It's, it's in no way a good look, a good shade on anyone. So if you see it, please report and and share and spread the word about the sellers and the items because it's it's and getting out of hand. I'm seeing, yeah, go on, Rich. Sorry, I'm, I'm ranting here. I'm putting you know, don't buy well, it. Don't, don't buy, do it. Not buy if, it if possible. I mean, I know that it, this could become a historic shirt, and lots of fans will want to get their hands on them. But it's going to get towards the end of the season, um, and we will have new kits out soon. Hopefully, there'll be an opportunity for maybe a different supplier. I, I love the Macron stuff, but there's obviously maybe not being able to meet the demand that's that's there at the moment. It's just really unfortunate because I do get the argument of saying, well, if the club had the stock, then this entire sort of market wouldn't exist in the I first get that. place. I do get I that. I do get that. But I think that there's just, there's got to be a sort of a limit to, to what it can be. And yeah, it's just just not on at all. It's disgusting to see really that anyone who is trying to get their hands on on the kick can't do it and that they have to pay an extortionate rate to do so it's so what, difficult to police i don't know how you actually go rich, about what, doing what, it what i would say to already cut in again what i've clearly got a lot of opinions on this but what i would say is if you want to sell you know you have some lovely as i would say lovely old shirts now for whatever reason if you wanted to sell that i've no issue charge what the hell you want if you want to charge 800 pound or something obscene and someone buys it it's an old shirt from the 90s or 80s whatever that's up to you, but don't bulk buy the current jersey and sell it for double the price or for triple the price. Don't sell it for don't sell it for a hundred pound more than it's worth on face value. Don't sell a cap at twenty pound more than it if a cap costs twenty five. Don't sell it for forty five plus your postage. That's just, that is ridiculous and. As and I get I get people are buying it because it's nearly Christmas. They want the shirt. And they're just conceding they can't get hold of it and they're willing to pay a bit more. But I know that people from the club listen to this and all I'll say is I'm willing to help as best I can to stamping this out and calling it out because it's as hard as it is to police. I'm going to just do the tiny little, use my tiny little amount of influence to to call it out because it's, it's yeah, it's one of my biggest, biggest bugbears for sure. Uh, Nath, now that you've hopefully calmed down, Ooh. the Easter game, which we were sort of talking about, we said it would be really tricky to actually go there and win. The second best 
home record in the entire division Eastleigh had heading into the weekend. But Wrexham made it look comfortable. 2-0 win away from home. Toza and Lee with the goals. Second half, sort of foot off the gas. But, you know, fantastic, fantastic win. I mean, if I remember correctly, Rich, I predicted we would beat Eastleigh as one of the... Uh, I think you might have predicted a draw and I predicted a win. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I just felt... I don't know why I felt confident after the York. Cause I was so pessimistic, wasn't I, after York? And I said we'd get something like eight points out of the run of games. But, yeah, we, oh, it was rich. It was so... It, I saw people saying it was the best away performance. You could argue that, given Eastley's home record, which you laid out last week. Dorkin obviously was more emphatic in terms of the goals, but they didn't put up any sort of a fight. And you'd have to say Eastley, if they score when they hit the bar, it's a different game. They didn't. And I have to say... Tom O'Connor, brilliant. Luke Young in a more advanced position, brilliant. We just dominated the game in what were really tricky conditions. Hats off to Eastley's ground staff for, for getting that game on because, you know, games were getting called off in League One and Two. And, yeah, it was it was just such so straightforward. But what is that now? Three games without a goal from Mullen or Palmer? I don't know. They're human after all, Rich. I don't know what's happened. Yeah, I mean, you could say some sort of crazy headline that, you know, there's a crisis, a goal drought going on. But as long <laughs> as we're getting goals, that, that that's superb. And again, it's been sort of a, a slight current theme this season, hasn't it? That our goals do predominantly come from Palmer, Mullen and Hayden. But it's a, it's really refreshing that we seem to have these goals from all around the pitch. And this isn't meant to be, you know, a dig and causing chaos between us and other teams in this league, shall we say, who have notable high scorers but it is for me I think healthier when you've got goals from all over the pitch coming in because it means that you're less reliant on one player and if an injury or suspension happens you've got people who already know how to find the back of the net ready to to supplement that and, and to come into the side so yeah I'm I'm really happy with with the win I I didn't see us actually doing it because you know I'm very pessimistic and when I saw the home record I thought okay this isn't going to end as, as well as maybe we think but really important as well and another important aspect of it Naif is that while our game was postponed on Tuesday night um, Notts County's wasn't they won again which means they've got a four point cushion now having played a game more if we dropped points against Eastleigh we would have been what that six or seven points behind with you know only only one game in hand, so it really was important that we picked up the win and, and we managed to do so. No, it was it was absolutely key. Uh, you know, given given the disappointment of the York game, it, we we had to respond. And you look at it and go, okay, we've got FA Trophy. We'll get onto that shortly at the weekend. If anything happens to that game, it doesn't go ahead or anything like that. Well, then we don't play on Wednesday, and and suddenly Notts County play again, and and you know then they stretch the we really needed to just get a win on the board. And I think it kind of gave, it was so comfortable and dominant that I think it was good for the players as well to kind of get it. Look, they flew down. They were meant to get the bus down. They were meant to get the coach down. The coach ended up meeting them in Southampton. They flew down. I know Rob went to the game. I don't know if, um, if Rob or Ryan upgraded it last minute to a flight, but the players got to fly down and, I don't know, a little touch maybe, a little diff- a little bit of a, t- a touch and everything went right, Rich, in, in really tough conditions. It was a, a place which, what, only Notts County have gone there and won, so it's us and Notts County, so we've matched some stride for stride there and 
yeah, it was just a it, it that could potentially be a turning point away from home if you can keep that level of performance, and Tom O'Connor can build on that. We're we're a force. If we weren't already, we're a, an even more potent force to be reckoned with. I'd say. Yeah, and again, it's a good blueprint, I think, for going forward away from home. We just looked like we had the right balance and and looked well in control of the the match, which was, you know, something that obviously we won't get a lot of credit for for actually doing, but I think is a real real good and, and fine achievement for. And, for and this, what, this what team. a goal for what a goal for Ben Toes as well. I mean, what's that for him now? Four, five for the season, something like that. Really, it's really he's, he's kind of been more of a threat with his feet and with his hands in this season, I'd say. I, I, I don't know. I haven't got the stats in front of me about the kind of the effectiveness of the long throw, but he scored some... I'm thinking of the, I'm trying to think of his goals. There was that one that looped into the top corner. Did he get a deflection? There was one at home. Yeah, the outside the of the boot one, which was ridiculous, outside, yeah. Outside of the boot, that was ridiculous. And then this one at the weekend was kind of Mbappe-esque. It was like an absolute rocket. That was a great goal. He seems to score absolute belters. He didn't really do tap-ins, I don't think. I can't think of one. No, so he scored against Gateshead in that 3-1 win. He scored against Oldham, of course, away. The equalising well, goal. That was, Mullen, that, that was a brilliant goal. Brilliant. Right across yeah. the goal. It was a brilliant goal. And he scored against Halifax as well. That was the, the one you think about that got us level, did it? And then we went and won 3-1. Um, yeah, brilliant contribution from, from him this season. Now, Nath, away from the pitch, some very exciting news. Wrexham were due to go to the US on pre-season this summer, but obviously didn't happen due to playoff commitments. But we are delighted to say that a tour to the US is planned and going ahead, fingers crossed, next summer instead. Fantastic, fantastic. What a lift that is as well for the World Wide Reds. What a, a fantastic opportunity that is for Wrexham to build upon this momentum and and to finally be able to to get stateside god we need to either check our passports uh, uh up to date and we need to land another sponsor because that is going to be expensive but what yeah what a trip that'll be surely off off the top of my head rich no info on this at all um and if a certain mr McElhenney listens to this maybe he can let us know but you would imagine the key teams in the frame and we got a lot of responses to this about like, oh, can you come here? Can you go to Toronto, Vancouver? Um, can you go to Portland, Columbus and all that? Um, you would imagine Philadelphia Union, LAFC, Austin FC and into Miami. A mini tournament set in Philadelphia, maybe? Oh, it's going to be great, isn't it? And, and also what an experience. I saw somebody tweet us, I think it might have been Racecourse Ramble. They were saying that the youth players have been told to take their passports in recently so i don't know maybe it's maybe it's going to coincide with the launch of season i don't know will they launch season two of the documentary a little bit earlier i don't know but what an experience that'll be for these players you know hopefully by then a fourth division team but we know we get a lot of international listeners imagine for them being able to watch wrexham in the flesh and also can you can you drink in view of the pitch in the mls because if we can that could be wild i would say it just looks, it just sounds like a brilliant trip and what a reward as well for those Wrexham fans, not just the ones who are stateside, but the ones who have been going home and away for years now, being able to go and watch Wrexham play in America against an MLS team, against players you will have known. I mean, I'm not even taking, you know, 
the piss here, but there's strong rumours that Lionel Messi is going to end up at LAFC at the end of the season. Into, my, his, into, PS- into Miami, no? Uh, oh, sorry, into Miami at the end of the season when, Miami, his, yeah, when his yeah. contract's done at PSG. And, you know, what if Rickson played into Miami? I mean, I'm not sure they would wheel out Lionel Messi to try and who would, who get would past Aaron him, Hayden. But I was going to say, surely it's, a, surely it's an Aaron Hayden type of assignment. Well, it'd be the left side of centre-back, wouldn't it, and the left-back? So it probably would be Max or Tunnicliffe. Jordan, uh, do a job Jordan on, Tunnicliffe on against Lionel Messi. That's that's what we all need to see. That's what the punters need, Matt, on this preseason. season But there's, there's just so much excitement. And it's just, it, it is a long while off now. We've got to focus on the league. But of course, it is just but, so exciting. It's so yeah. exciting. I, I think as well, like, again, it's one of the things that came from the tweet that we put out was... And I, I did listen to the pod. I think it was with, um, I think it was called the Town Podcast with the Ringer, um, which felt quite apt. And he didn't really elaborate on it so much. But you know, there's all this talk about can we get a season three, season four of the documentary? It's, it's mad. And and, and didn't we win another? Didn't I say we? I mean, hopefully we win an award. But didn't Re- welcome to Wrexham win another? I think it won like Sports Program of the Year. I saw Rob tweet about it. I think it won another award. So. You know what? What it's what's been achieved in terms of conquering America? You hear music artists all the time talk about you trying know, to break they the conquered. states. Yeah, I hear it in, in, with with kind of boxers as well. There was a lot of talk about Anthony Joshua a few years ago. Like, could he break the states? Could he break America? Which Tyson Fury's done. Wrexham have totally broken the states. Wrexham, you know, I would say they're up there now in terms of in terms of the Prem teams. You'd have to say there surely isn't a team outside the Premier League that gets the coverage and the attention and the scrutiny more so than Wrexham outside that Premier League, maybe big six. Exactly, yeah, I agree with you on that one. And particularly as well, the the demand for, for Wrexham content, the demand for Wrexham kits, the demand to digest as much Wrexham stuff as, as possible. Yeah, it's it's remarkable and not something we can ever take for granted. This is the, the new life, really. And, and the, again, Rich, bring the us... de- Rich, the demand for people listening to me talk with a cold. I mean, you know, cl- clearly the knock-on effect is, uh, is is yeah, joking aside, though, it's, it's amazing. And I'm just delighted for the players. You know, I've, I've got to know some of them. And, yeah, a, a little... Bring I know they'll, I know they'll say it's not a holiday, but it, what an experience. Imagine being able to go over there, you know, meet all these fans and, and feel like... You know, we had Portugal, didn't we, a few years ago? But you don't really get elaborate pre-season tours at the 4th and 5th Division. It just doesn't happen. You tend to go to, like, Cleethorpes or Colchester or something like that. You know, when it was the Gary Mills era, I think they put Notts County. What did what did Jordan White say? They played Nottingham Forest behind closed doors. I mean, it's not exactly glamorous, is it? Well, I remember, was it Rob Ogilby said that they went to Aberystwyth for pre-season? That was it. Well, that was common. Yeah, that was, that was a common thing. Um, Aberystwyth and... You know, kind of around Wales, which is a lovely part of the and world. We had that I trip like... in Scotland, didn't we? Was that twenty twelve or twenty thirteen? There's the preseason tournament. Was it the Isle of Wight tournament we used to do as well, or Isle of that Man? Was, that and... was in the Brian. That was in the Brian Flynn days back in the yeah. The, I mean, we've had all sorts, but we've. I don't think we've ever been to America, so we can tick that one off. Surely we've got to find a way to get out there, Rob Ryan Red. Surely, got to find Make a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. Rob, Make Ryan, it happen, please, please. Nafe FA Trophy resumes this weekend. Yes, then Wrexham, yeah. of course, beaten in the final uh, 
back in May. Um, really disappointing one there. That still not quite over, but oh well, we, we live again. Um, interesting though that we've sort of we we took to social media prior to the to recording this podcast, and we just asked for your opinions really on the trophy because we have got so many options now that you can play a rotated SWAT side without it being a weakened side. And there'll be some fans who say that you should just focus on the league, but Scunthorpe at home this weekend, it's maybe a game in which you can give those fringe players a chance and still win. I mean, Parky's already said he's going to ring the changes and there'll be players like Mullin, I would imagine, like Palmer, like Hayden, like Howard, probably. Um, who else? Like Tozer, that won't be involved at all. They, they won't be in the squad. That was common last season. Mullin and, and co. weren't really involved from the start and only came into it in the later rounds. But, yeah. I mean, Well, even Notts County see? away, was that the quarterfinal? We, Mullin and Palmer were subs, weren't they? And then they, they came, came on, on yeah, the they last came 20 on, minutes. Yeah. And from there, obviously, it's Stockport and then it's the final. So, I mean, Rich, I mean, we may as well get into it. Who do you really want to see in that? And you'll be able to read some of the replies out. But given Parky said it's going to be changes, I I think we'll probably, will there be any survivors from the Easter game? Two, maybe? Three, max? I mean, I'd love to see Rob Layton come in. I'd love to see Max Kluwerth get a run out. Cannon be a great way to lift the crowd. I'll be there on Saturday, so I'd love to be able to see him in action. And the other one I'd love to see would be Kai Evans, really. We, we saw that glimpse of him when he came on for his debut in the Oldham Cup tie. I'd love to see him, him giving an opportunity um, this weekend as well. You know, there is an op- There's a way that you can rest almost everyone and still play a very strong team. The likes of Hosanna, Harry Lennon, M- Mendy. Mendy, James yeah, Jones, I'd play Mendy. McAlinden, yeah. Dolby, Bickerstaff. We have got so many options now that I I would like to see changes, but obviously not just putting out the kids, as it were, because we've got so many experienced pros who aren't getting games at the moment that I think you can you can still stay strong in the league and and make changes for scum for. You don't, you don't need to, you don't need to chuck it, Rich. You don't need to you don't need to completely throw it by putting out the youth team. There's no need to because, like you said, you've just rattled off a load of players that. God, what would that? How would that team get on in the national league? They'd have a good go at it, top half, surely. A lot of those players. Rob Lainton was our number one, and in the eyes of many, is still the number one. You look at it, and go. Okay, Sam Dolby was a starter. Max did South it last End. season in defence. Max, Max, I think is absolutely brilliant. You know, people know my thoughts on him. If you're a long time listener, Jacob Mendy should be the starting left back. But you know, is, is it facing Callum McFadden? He's in great form. Resor Johnson, if he plays, or Bryce Hazana, they've both had spells as the number one right back, right wing back. Harry Lennon was what people were saying was our best defender last season when he was fit. Um, I mean, who else will play in that back three? Ryan Austin. A lot of people really like him and are excited to see him play. Um, James Jones has been a starter not that long ago and been a number one option. Andy Cannon coming up from the championship. I mean, what a team that would be. It'd just be really interesting if it is a Cannon, Jones, Evans midfield, Young and Bickerstaff up top, Mendy and, yeah, Hosanna or Reese or Johnson. It's... I think we'll I think we'll win, Rich. I think we'll win again, and uh, I don't even know how many games it is until you get to the final. Is it something like two games, quarter final, semi final, final, something like that? Yeah, I think I, I think it is. I mean, last yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't quite remember, but I, I think it is around that. It's not many anyway, is it? And hopefully, if you get a fortuitous draw, then you can 
get through the first few rounds quite quite comfortably. I would go Rob Layton, uh, Mendy, Max, uh, Harry Lennon, Ryan Austin, Reese or Johnson. I would play at right wing back. I would go Andy Cannon. Who else would I go? Andy Cannon, James Jones, Kai Evans, Jake Bickerstaff, and Sam Dolby up top. It's a good side that, like you said, that probably is a top half National League team. Reading out a few of your responses then, Jeff Lang says, winning breeds winners. Full steam ahead for the FA Trophy. Leo Capstick also agrees with that. He says, winning is contagious and any win, be it in the league, trophy or FA Cup, is great for team confidence and their ability to understand what they can do when it's a pressure situation. Jonah Devitt says, get the peripheral lads some mins and stick to that. If we progress, keep the same squad, don't max it out for the later stages, etc. A welcome distraction for the A team, but it is useful, meaningful minutes for the B side. Dan says, as with my football manager philosophy, cup games offer blooding youngsters and getting squad players a game. There's nothing more important than the league. Craig Lewis, we've got a lot of good players that haven't played as many minutes as they'd have liked lately. Give them all an opportunity to play out in front of the Kairas crowd. And if they go through happy days, if they don't, then never mind. And then I will just end with this one from JJ Pavlik. Foot on the pedal, pedal, no giving up or in. Play their game and what happens, happens. You don't play to lose. You don't mix with what's worked. You play the game to win like every other match. And I think that is, that's it for me. I think you keep, you keep the same uh, tactical setup. I don't think you go for a plan B. I think you just go for it for your plan A and try yeah. and get more players I mean, used to, to fitting yeah. into it. I, I, I did I did pitch that and then it was pointed out to me. I did pitch, you know, I said, I might have said to you either last week or on, on WhatsApp that, you know, maybe I was influenced by York and seeing us go to the diamond and abandon it after five minutes because people didn't know what they were doing. But I, I had it in my mind that I'd rather go out having played four four two or played something different. But, you know, as, as it was pointed out to me, if you change system and change personnel, what's the value in that? You know, if we had committed to playing Mullin, Palmer and everything, I would say change it up, change change the system, try something else. But if we're going to go with an essential peripheral team, B team, which Parky has, has intimated, not, not so much B team, but peripheral players, it, it doesn't make any sense. And I, I'm going to hold my hands up there. It doesn't, it doesn't make much sense to, to suddenly switch to a 4-3-3 for a one-off. So... Yeah, I'm, I, I remember I'm, I'm confident, Mark Griffith I'm confident. saying to me a few years ago, you don't need a plan B if your plan A is good enough anyway. And if you can perfect that plan A, um, improve the way that we're playing on, on the pitch, have more players used to that style and that setup who can I come in. Was, I, I swear it was you in uh, in the new Hypnotic song that says we don't do plan A. But I don't know. Maybe you were just maybe you were just fibbing for the sake of the song, which is out now. We don't do plan um, B, proceeds. surely. Oh, that... Was that maybe that is the lyric? I thought it was. We don't do plan A. With you wonder what you're planning for at all. Okay, yeah, you're right. I'm I'm ill. All right, I don't you... know what I'm. De- I'm delirious. I don't know. But the new hypnotic song is out, and all proceeds go to Nightingale House Hospice in memory of their friend Robin, who we talked about before. They had Gasdenberry, and and they've done loads of good stuff. So, yeah, Nightingale House Hospice. Go stream it. Go buy it. Do what you can, and you'll hear us talking something i don't know plan a plan b plan c something i'm delirious but the song is out and yeah go show it some love 
Nath, final bit of business then. Wrexham play against Bromley on TV next Wednesday. That game will not go ahead if either of the trophy matches are postponed this weekend. So if Wrexham's tie against Scunthorpe doesn't go ahead or Bromley's trip to Bath City doesn't go ahead, they have to be rearranged for next midweek. So that Bromley game, which is currently scheduled to be live on BT Sport, wouldn't go ahead. But as things stand, that is going ahead. And like we said, that is next Wednesday night. The same night myself and Nath record podcast. I won't be there because I'm at Man United versus Burnley in the Carabao Cup. So there won't be a podcast from us next Wednesday. We'll keep you updated on social media, whether that means there's no podcast at all next week or whether that means that it comes at a different day, different time. We're not too sure. It's very hectic at Christmas, particularly now that um, competitive club football's coming back post the World Cup. Myself and Nath are very very busy um yeah it's a difficult one then for his name can't really preview it too much we don't know what's what's happened but Bromley at home obviously brings it nicely to the FA Trophy links considering they were the side who did beat us at, at Wembley back in May at the time of recording they are 11th but they're one of those teams who could win a game and shoot up to 7th there's there's so much mitigation they're gonna have very little to lose and Andy Woodman can make them really hard to beat so you know, we well, saw they in the away trophy, they were County. targeting Christian Dibble. Last They're not going to be able to do that this time. So let's see. I think you know we had Tom O'Connor at left centre back in that in that trophy final. So it, it won't be it won't be the same kind of eleven v eleven. We had Jake Hyde up front then, didn't we? So uh, things have changed. Things have moved on. Um, but well, with Jake Hyde on by the end of that trophy final. Well, I think if it, yeah, if you, I think if you wanted to sum Bromley up, it's the fact Inconsistent. that they. Lost at they lost away to Maidenhead and folded up with a draw away at Notts County. They are very unpredictable. They are a sort of a gritty um, mid-table team, but you know what you're going to get from them on the pitch when they play Wrexham. Like you said, physical, well-disciplined, typically. Yeah, and, totally. And, and, it's hard to preview because you know you, you sort of don't know if he's even going to go ahead. I mean, you know, will Bath's game go ahead? Will ours? I'm more confident in ours, but. And also, if you do want to watch that FA Trophy game on Saturday, you can. It's being streamed through Wrexham Player on the club's website. £9.50 for the pass. Um, yeah, I mean, it's sport for choice now in terms of being able to watch the games, either the league games or BT Sport or, yeah, they're everywhere. S4C for the for the Coventry game. And by the time you listen to this, Coventry tickets will be out. Season ticket holders, Thursday morning, Coventry tickets. It's one per season ticket holder collection only from the race course in terms of they're not being posted out 4,500 ticket allocation it's, it's going to be cold rich but it'll be a cracker i can't wait and thank you very much wherever you are as always for joining us today on this just about hour long episode of rob ryan red um like we said we don't know when we'll be back next week because there's the complications that it definitely won't be next wednesday night because i will be at old trafford but Thank you very much for joining us today on Rob Brown Red. As always... Well, Rich, very quickly, sorry, very quickly, before you go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you, before you do your sign-out, we've got a review, and I said I would read this, another American fan, five-star review, and if you give us a five-star review, we will always read it out. This one says, excellent podcast, especially for newcomers. It's from the IRI. So I know you're panicking for a brief second, but the IRI from the US... And they have written, love this pod. I'm an American fan and know very little about football and know even less about Wrexham. I started following Wrexham after watching Welcome to Wrexham and this pod has made following the club much more enjoyable. The fellas are knowledgeable about the sport, the team, the league and it comes through. They're critical when they need to be. That's, that is true. 
but never overly negative, at least not yet. Fingers crossed the club doesn't give them reason to be. Highly recommend. That is nice, isn't it, Rich? We're getting lots of lovely comments. I don't know. I'm going to get lots of comments about my cold this week, aren't I, probably? Thank you very much. Um, yeah, thank you for all of you who do leave the time to do it. And as we always say, that is the best way for, for you to give back to the pod if you do enjoy it. Um, thank you very much. And you can keep up to date with all the work we do on our socials, Rob Ryan Red, on just about every platform, robryanred.com. There will be an article up this week of how to stream matches, just a sort of sticky guide so you can see, um, you know, which links you need to click and, and how you go about watching Wrexham. Um, so, yeah, thank you for that. And, yeah, take care, wherever you are. Thank you so much for joining us today on Rob Brown Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. And thank you very much to Hypnotic for producing the music. The Wrexham Way is out now. Give it a stream, give it a listen, let us know what you think. Take care. Come on, Wrexham. We'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal a last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.